Make sure you get, uh, don't wear a t-shirt. You need a uh, one with buttons on. Praise God. Doesn't matter. <clears throat> Too active, eh? It starts flying loose. So exciting to be back in Kirikiri with the family, eh? The Fano. Yeah. It's awesome. And I've just been encouraged already. We could just about close the service today and go off rejoicing already. Man, it's been so good. Ask whatever you want and it'll be done for you, eh? Isn't that good? And what are we about here at Excite anyway? Can anyone tell me? We've already had it this morning. Making disciples and growing in God. Yes, that's not just for Ruth and I to make the disciples or Reuben. That's for you to make disciples where you sit in your seat. That's why you're here. That's why God has adopted you into his family so that you might make disciples and grow in God. So that you might be the example of a believer. So that your light would shine like a city set on a hill that cannot be hid and people would be attracted to it. Yes? Come on. God is good. Last week we were encouraged to have hope. What an amazing message that was. Did you enjoy it? Who was here last week? Come on, I hope you were all here. If you weren't, you would have missed, missed a fantastic message. That rat swimming around. Wasn't that awesome? Lasted only about 15 minutes, but the second time when it had hope, 60 hours. Unbelievable what hope can do. Thank you, Pastor Aaron, for such an encouraging good word. Wasn't it great to have him here? I want to speak, speak into your hearts, into your lives today. I want to speak a prophetic word into you today that will bring results today. And I want your heart to be open to listen to this word. I want to encourage you in the Lord today. And the title of the message today is Expecting Increase expecting increase. I want to ask you right now, are you expecting increase? I know in life we go through trials and tribulations, but it's so important. And that's just normal, by the way. That's normal life. That's life as normal. And you get over one trial and there's another trial. And what it does, it makes you strong. You bench press 20 kgs and then someone puts on another 5 kgs. And it makes you stronger. And that's normal life, praise God. But are you expecting increase? Because if you're one of the children of God, if you're walking by faith today, you'll be trusting in a living God who will bring incredible increase into your life. There was a university hospital that did some research on uh, some cancer patients, people that were very, very sick with cancer, about 75 of them. And they asked the researchers to go around the wards and to speak to them, but they didn't give them any information at all, uh, about each patient. They were asked to predict who would live the longest. Who would die, and they put a time limit on it, before six months, and who would die after six months. And so they just went around and they talked. All they could do, they had no information on, they went around and talked to these patients. And they were 96, almost 96% accurate in their assessment of who would die before six months and who would die after six months. And now that's incredible. And you know what they measured? They measured the expectation of each individual cancer patient. What they believed, what they thought. Almost 96% accurate. Well, that's incredible. 
That's why we say things here like, you are what you eat. You are what you believe. What you see is what you get. So often we see ourselves projected into other people. And we have issues with people because what we're really seeing is our own shortcomings in someone else. And see what I mean? See what I mean? <laughs> and, 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 and we get discouraged and, we, and we, we get irate with that. We get annoyed with that. And we think the other person has a problem, but it's us. We're going to read in Luke chapter 5, verse uh, 1 to 11, about an incredible story that we well know, but we're going to read it through today with Jesus and how he was preparing the disciples and us today for increase. Luke chapter 5, verse 1 says, So it was as the multitude passed about, uh, sorry, pressed about him to hear the word. Wow, Jesus was quite dynamic. He was an amazing speaker. The multitudes just pressed around him to hear the word. They pressed around him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake, uh, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. Verse 2, and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them. They'd given up. And were washing their nets. Verse 3. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's. And asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the multitude from the boat. Making good sense, good use of the boat. When he, was, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled or worked all night and caught nothing. Do you ever feel like that, that you put a great big effort into life, and you end up with a big fat nothing? Is that deja vu this morning? Come on. I know it is sometimes. Nevertheless, he says, at your word, that's what's important. Get into the word. At your word, I will let down the net. And when he had done this, they caught a great number of fish. Say, great number of fish. That's right. Great blessing. Great number of fish. And their nets were breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, this way exceeded any expectation. He might have thought they might catch a few sprats or something, but this was just incredible. They'd never, ever seen anything like this. Simon Peter saw it. He fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. See, he was walking in unbelief, you see. I hope that's not deja vu for you this morning, that you're believing for things not to happen. For he, verse 9, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all. And followed him. What a supernatural miracle of increase this was. Why did Jesus do a miracle like this? I believe he did it not only with the disciples in mind, but I believe he did it with us in mind today. To teach us that God always has increase in mind for us. You, you better believe this. It is true. It might not be all what you experience. You might be believing for less than 
But God always has increase in mind for us. Increase starts small. It sometimes starts very small. It might start with one little boy's lunch, five loaves and two fish. It might start, start like Moses with a rod. What's in your hand? But it can end very big. Very big. But it usually starts with something. Something to be multiplied. That's why Jesus said, and we've already had that this morning, you only need faith like the grain of a mustard seed. If we had the faith like a mountain, we would think it was us that did it. You only need faith like the grain of a mustard seed. Increase starts small, but it ends big. It can happen quickly. Okay, we need our faith. To, we need increase in all areas of life. We need faith to be increased, but we also need patience to be increased. But we need to trust and believe that God can change our circumstances and He wants to bless us. We know that. How do we know that? Every, that's because everything that God, our, the Creator, and our Father made has increase built into it. Whether it's a seed you sow in the garden and it grows up, or whether it's a lawn you mow and it grows up, or whether you go to Charlotte and get your hair haircut. Your hair just keeps growing. I had to, first thing I did when I got back was go to haircut. And that was an awesome testimony, by the way, from Charlotte. Very encouraging, eh? Very encouraging. Your body cells multiply. Everything our God, our Father has made has increased, built into it. And Isaiah 9 verse 7 says, of the increase of His kingdom and, and government, there is no end. No end. Wow. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Preach it. Lord, help him. When you're not doing so well, you call out, Lord, help him. When you enjoy it, you yell out, preach it. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. That could go against me. Okay. We all want increase, don't we? We want our church at least to grow, don't we? We want these seats to be filled. You know, 10 years ago, next month on the 1st of Ju July, it's 10 years since we started meeting here at the centre. And we had a vision to reach out to our community, and, but we had increase in mind. And, and, and God gave us some of these words when we prayed in a house for three months and asked him what he would have us to do. We wanted to do his will. And he gave us words like to step out of the boat and walk on water or cast your nets on the other side of the boat. And uh, we see here that there was two boats. That's like the... Uh, center here in the RSA next door, and, and they were so full they began to sink. We believe for increase. We believe for increase. God has built and, and, and showed us this so that we might have increase in mind. We want increase in our family. We don't want our, our babies or our little ones to stay small. They grow up. We don't want to stay on the same amount of wages uh, we were getting 30 years earlier and getting the same today, because that wouldn't work with inflation. We want increase. We don't want our business to stay the same size. We want it to grow. With growth comes growing pains. With growth comes trials. But don't be afraid. Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation, but be happy because I have overcome the world. And you're going to overcome. And I've done all this so that you can expect increase. So that you know that I'm a God who can multiply the little that you have 
and I'm going to give you increase, and I've got it in my heart because I want to grow you, just like we want the best for our children. Praise God, I'm encouraged as I speak today. Are you expecting increase? Are you expecting increase in your workplace? Just think about it. Let's be honest with each other. Or am I thinking, hey, nothing ever goes right for me. Now this has happened. Now that's happened. And suddenly we get further and further under the circumstances. I've got every opportunity to do that in my business, to be under the circumstances. But I am expecting increase. I've got a wife who stands beside me and who expects increase. And she speaks out increase. I've got a family that support me and says, Dad, you've got to do good. You've got to increase. So I get strengthened as the trials come my way. God is a God of increase. And if we want to increase the volume, we need to drink water. God provides for that too. Praise God. I'm going to give you three things that you need when you're going to see, if you're going to see increase. So you can write these down. Number one, you need a clear-cut objective. You need vision. A clear-cut objective. What does increase look like? What will it look like? You know, what am I wanting God to bless? What have I got in my hand? What is increase going to look like when it happens? So that you can pray and ask God, as Ruth was saying this morning, step out in faith, pray, read the Word, listen, but have vision, have a clear-cut objective if you're going to um, expect increase, if you're going to have increase coming into your life and in your workplace, wherever it is, in your family, in the community, in the church. See, what Jesus was do by, doing by filling the boats with these fish was lifting the expectancy of the disciples. And the result was that Peter says, well, he got down at his knees and just said, mate, I, I did obey you, but I said, look, we've toiled all night. We've done our best. And I thought, well, we're experienced fishermen, and, you know, that's how you do it. Just do your best, don't you? Try your hardest. And Jesus basically saying, no, you don't do that. You just trust in me. You just obey me. You step out. You give me something to bless. Peter was trusting in his own efforts. And that's why he said, depart from me, Lord. I'm a sinful, I'm a self-centered person. I spend my life trusting in myself and then grizzling about nothing going right. I'm self-centered. I'm a sinful man. Depart from me. I'm not even worthy for you to be around me. That's the person we've got to let go of, eh? <laughs> That's the person that was dealt with at the cross. Why did he die? He died for me. It was necessary that he was crucified there, that he came to an end because he was the sin bearer, the one who bore all my selfishness away to the cross. You know, naturally, sometimes we are selfish. The old man, the man we're born in an Adam, very selfish. Jesus is trying to teach them that you are to expect increase. So have a clear-cut objective. You need... Um, you need an action plan, number two, an action plan. Otherwise, it's just a good idea. 
you do have to take a step. You do have to step out in order for God to bless you. You have to have faith in God. But faith, he will steer you as you move, as you step out. You, so give him some, something to bless. Read the word daily. His word is powerful. His word gives you counsel. It'll give you guidance. Everything, it says, and doesn't that, is it Isaiah? His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. Jesus is the word. He is the eternal word. He is our counselor. There's, if you want to know about how to run a business, you go back and you look in, in the word. Even in Proverbs, it tells you lots of information about how to be diligent and how to walk with faith. And, and, and there's just wonderful counsel in the word of God. I just love the word. I trust in what God says, not in what I feel. That's why it's so important for me to go to the word. So he blesses what's in our, in our hands, but he's given us his word and he's preserved it down through the ages and it has got his breath in it and, and, and it'll just transform our lives. I hope that you daily read the word of God. I hope that you meditate on it day and night. I know one brother in the service today, he's not been a believer in Christ for that long, but he has already read the Bible twice through. I was just talking to him this morning about that. A man of faith. Glory to God for men of faith and people who apply themselves to the Word of God. See, increases in acceleration and a multiplication of something that is already happening. Something that is already happening. See, Jesus didn't create the fish that day, did he? They were already there. See, God wants to bring abundance into your life, but maybe he is being hindered because you're not expecting increase. You're just expecting that the way it's been is the way it's going to be. But God wants you to participate and to be a partner in the increase he's going to bring your way. And to do that, you have to step out. You have to reach out by faith. Step out in faith. See, many people are, wait, are praying and just waiting for God to move. But if God's waiting for me and I'm waiting for him, we're not going to see a whole lot happen. You know, we're just going to be sitting there dismal and saying, yeah, I know I should be reading the Bible. Yeah, I should pray more. Yeah, I should go and talk to one of the older brothers or the older sisters and get some godly counsel, some godly wisdom. But, but, but. You need an action plan. Not only do you need a clear-cut objective, you need an action plan. Thirdly, you need to identify the resistant forces. God wants to help you through the trials, but you need to identify what things are hindering the increase coming your way. What is stopping the increase that God wants for you coming your way? Is it something to do with your belief system? What you believe about increase? Is it something to do with your expectancy through life that it's just going to be the same old, same old? What is it? There are resistant forces. One is the enemy, the devil, that goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But he also whispers in the ears of the saints as well. Do not listen to that voice. You're useless. You can't do it. It'll fail. Don't worry about it. Just give up. Don't listen to that voice. 
See, we read about the apostles in Acts chapter 4, how they were being threatened by the authorities and they weren't having a pity party. You know what they did? They got down and they prayed, Lord, look on us. They said, look at the threats. And they said, grant your servants great boldness to declare the word of God. And the Lord worked with them. The Lord worked with them. They were bold. They stepped out. They believed. And they impacted the world in their day. Praise God. Why did they do that? They wanted to do something. They wanted to see results. And they stepped out in faith. Deal with the resistant forces in your life that are stopping the increase coming your way or else they will deal with you. And they will stop the increase coming your way. Deal with them. One of those is just unbelief. One of those is just like, many of these things sound so good, like, I'm just trying. Yeah, but I've already tried. God never said he loves a trier. People say God loves a trier, but God never said I love a trier. He loves a truster. He loves someone who steps out in faith, who realizes that they have limited resources, and they're only a created being, but their hope is centered in another, the one who is from everlasting to everlasting God, who is able to bless his children, his whānau. And, and, and so they reach out in faith to another, and they don't trust in their own ability or inability. Man and woman of faith is what is needed. Increased, my dear brother and sister, is on God's agenda this morning. It's on God's agenda this morning, and he wants to increase you in all areas of your life. Not so much your weight, of course. I went overseas, I went overseas on that cruise ship, and there was a lot of food. And uh, sometimes we can get increased where we don't really need increase. And so I waited at least a week when I got back before I decided to hop on the scales, just to uh, decrease a little bit in that area. But God does want to give us increase. See, Peter could have said, uh, yeah, but we don't have the right gear. If we had a, one of those expensive rods and reels or a better net or a bigger net, maybe we'd catch the, catch the fish or better bait or, uh, you know, perhaps if we had a fish finder. They wouldn't know about them then, I don't think. Maybe they did and we just don't realize it. I don't know, just putting it out there. But at any rate, there's nothing new under the sun. So, but, uh, <laughs> but he didn't say, he didn't blame his tools. He didn't blame his circumstances. He said, at your bidding, Lord, I will do it. And he had obedience, and he had faith, and he went out. Nevertheless, he, um, he, he, he was very surprised. And I think you'll be surprised what God can do. One of the things that I find going through life is I'm just blown away by what God can do when he takes a little and he multiplies it. And you need to have your eyes open to see. Sometimes we're looking for the wrong things. I got taught when I was younger that you count the many blessings each day. If you look on the negative things in life and you think, and you wake up at night and you think about how you, and you start adding up figures, I'm a businessman, and you start thinking about all the reasons why you should be going broke, and you look at the negative things that are happening, you're going to get down. But if you start counting your blessings every day, and, and boy, have we, man, we've got a lot of blessings in New Zealand. This is a wonderful, fair land that we live in. Wonderful people. One of the highlights of our trip was coming back to New Zealand. Wonderful place to live in. 
if we start counting our blessings and, and lifting our expectancy, we're going to see blessing coming our way, have faith in God to multiply the little bit that we have. So don't mope about in life. Don't get under the circumstances, but trust in the living God. People aren't shocked that God turns up, but they're shocked at how he turns up. We expect God to turn up, but sometimes you need your eyes open to see that he's already turning up and you didn't realize it. It's how he turns up. You just need to trust in him. See, Jacob in the Old Testament had, had deceived his, his father and he had fleeced his brother, Esau, and he had and 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 taken off. In Genesis 28, we read about that. We're not going to turn to it. And then, and then God shows up at Bethel. Well, he called the name Bethel after he had an encounter with God. And God never said to him, I've got you, you little devil. Judgment. No, no, what did he say? He said, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to give you this land to all your descendants. He went north, south, east, and west, he talked about, as far as you can see. He said, I'm never going to leave you. See, he blessed him, even after doing that. I know we don't deserve blessing. We're like Jacob, the supplanter, the conniver. Maybe you don't think you deserve blessing, but that's our God. That's our God. He said, I'll never leave you. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Wow. And uh, Jacob said, you know what his response was? Surely the Lord is in this place. Surely the Lord is in this place. How awesome is this place, he said. I think about that, about excitement when we come to church. I get encouraged. I think, surely the Lord is in this place. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And I acknowledge his presence every Sunday by coming to meet with him regularly. Because he has promised to presence himself among his own as they come together around the wonderful person of Christ. And this is a place, it's how awesome is this place? It's a place where you'll get encouraged, where you can get encouraged to expect increase in your life and encouraged to have faith as a grain of a mustard seed and encouraged to have hope. How awesome is this place? I think you should say with me, surely the Lord is in this place. Come on, say it as though you believe it. Surely the Lord is in this place. Come on, that's good. Be encouraged. For too long, Jesus or God has been portrayed as a judge. And he is, but, you know, and someone who's going to condemn. But Jesus made it very clear. The Son of Man came not to condemn the world. John chapter 3, verse 17 but that the world through him might be saved. He did not come to condemn. God turned up with Jacob. That's Old Testament. He didn't come to condemn. He came to bless him. I will never leave you. Surely the Lord is in this place. See, it's not the way we see it that counts. You might have a lot of self-condemnation. That's all right. I'm going to persevere with this. You might have a lot of self-condemnation. But God's not here condemning you. The Bible says it's God that justifies. 
Romans 5 verse 1, therefore having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Made just as though we'd never sinned, that word means. Justified, made just as though I'd never sinned. God took all our negativity, all our selfishness, laid it on Christ so that he could give us Christ's righteousness, blessing, favor in return, adopt us into his family, love on us continually. He said, I'll never leave you. What a God we have. What a God we have. See, people are limited by sense knowledge. And that's the thing. You might have a lot of knowledge, but a lot of it can be sense knowledge. You're going by your own experience in life, living from your own experience. And sometimes we get to the point, and I know this for myself, and I was very slow in learning this, and maybe I'm still learning it. We've got to let go of what we feel, what we think, and we've got to let God. We've got to trust in His Word. To see increase, you have to expect it. Don't just say, well, the way it's been is the way it's going to be. That's not right. We're going to see change. God is wanting to increase us, but He's saying, what is in your hand? Nowhere do you read of someone coming to Jesus in need, and there were many people that did come to Jesus in need, reached out to Him in faith, even the woman that touched his garment. None of them, he said to them, get out of here, get lost. I'm not interested in you. I know who you are. Get out of here, get lost, you know. He never said that. Expecting increase. Psalm 35 verse 7 says, The Lord be magnified who delights in the prosperity of his servant. He delights in prospering you. It might look different to how you want it, I know we would just all sit there and love to have just a million dollars drop into our lap from out of the ceiling. $100 bills just floating down so you stuff a whole backpack full of them, you know. But he may have a million dollars in mind for you, but he wants you to grow to the place where you can cope with it. He's gone. So you can live today with your life just to survive. You can live a life for survival. That's one option today. Or number two, you can live life for limited breakthrough today. Yeah, I want, I want to experience breakthrough in my life. Yeah, I know God blesses, and I, yeah, I do need more faith, and you know. Or you can, number three, live expecting daily breakthrough, daily increase in your life. And I just want to encourage you to reach outside of yourself and begin to believe for and expect that increase. Because we have a God who wants to deliver on increase in our lives. Don't live by your senses. Don't let sense knowledge distract you, get you down. When you feel as though you're getting under the circumstances, it's only because your eyes are on self and your inadequate ability to deliver for yourself. Reach out to God by faith and let His super come into your natural and change your circumstances. We need to have our faith levels rising today. Expect increase. You know, David went through many trials in his life. He's the one that killed the giant. And uh, he's, you know one of the things he said? I have set the Lord always before me. I know we can look in the mirror each day when we get up out of bed and we can have ourselves before us. But David said, I've set the Lord always before me. 
He's on my right hand. I shall never be moved. Your whole approach to life will change when you have faith in the Lord. When you trust the Lord. Moses. Moses, um, God said to Moses, what's in your hand? Just in rounding up. And he only had a stick. He had a staff. And uh, God used him. He wanted to take Moses from the backside of the desert and he wanted to use him to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt and take them into the promised land. But what did Moses do? You know, he said, they won't listen to me. And, and I just read it. And it, like three times he said that. And God just kept encouraging him. Then he said it the fourth time. He was making excuses. I'm not an eloquent man and I can't speak to... Because then he says, well, Aaron can go with you, your brother. He can be your spokesman. And in the end, the Lord got really annoyed with him. God gets annoyed when we don't have that faith. We, he wants to bless you. And we make every excuse under the sun. And all he's saying, look, just anything in your hand, whatever you got, I'm going to bless it. I will multiply it. It might only be five loaves and two fishes and I can feed 5,000 with it. Don't tell me you got nothing. In the end, Moses did lead the children of Israel out of Egypt and he used the rod to part the Red Sea. We're seeing you split the sea we were singing this morning and so I could walk right through it. My fears were drowned in perfect love. Great pictures in the Old Testament of God's goodness to us. But Moses also used that rod the second time when he struck, God said to speak to the rock. The first time he struck it and water came out, he used that same rod, he disobeyed and he struck it twice because he was angry, angry with the children of Israel. And then he wasn't able to go and he couldn't lead them. You know, it was like, it was always too hard or there was always something wrong. Sometimes we're like that. Moses never got into Canaan. He died right on the border of Canaan. And it was Joshua that led the children of Israel in. I, I, I don't want you to be come right to the edge. You've been walking with the Lord for years, but and knowing there's more, but you never get in, you never get the breakthrough that God has for you. You get to the edge of it, but you don't get in. You, sometimes you know the reason for that is because the natural man, the Bible says, the carnal man, is not subject to the laws of God. He's not a man of faith. The man was born in an Adam. He's relying on himself, and he can't get in to where God wants to take you. The only way in is through Christ Jesus, our Lord. So God had a plan. There's three things I spoke about. Having a clear objective, vision. God had a vision. I am not willing that any should perish, he says. He wanted to bring salvation and blessing to each one of us. He wants us daily to walk in it. He wants to bless his kids like no other dad could bless you. That's his vision. And he had an action plan. Sending Jesus. And Jesus said very clearly about this action plan. The Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. And He sent Him to the cross. God identified uh, the, the resistant forces of self, self-centeredness. And He said, and, and also the devil. And through death, the Bible says He destroyed him that had the power of death. That's the devil. He took His own weapon and destroyed him through Jesus coming and dying on the cross. But he also took the man, that self-centered person or that man or woman in Adam that only just 
were just so selfish and they were crucified there too, in Christ. That's why Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, Galatians 2.20. Nevertheless, I live, it's yet not I, it's Christ who lives in me. You'll never take that self-centered person into the blessings that God has for you. But if you realize that Jesus has died for you, if you realize that you can let that person go, don't be, let go of all that sense knowledge and reach out by faith. You will come, God will bring you into the increase that He has for you, whether it's in your work, in your family, in your marriage, in your community, to have breakthrough and, and blessing. And even for us as a church, God has such blessing in mind. It blows me away to think of what we've actually done, what we've seen God do, I should say. In the last 10 years, 500 people here, all the youth over Northland coming in. You know, we're sowing seed that's going to multiply in the future. We're giving something for God to breathe on. He's saying, what is in your hand? And there's only a few of us here, but we're going out and we're reaching out to our community and God is going to bless it. Man, I am expecting increase. Ruth is expecting increase. Reuben's expecting increase. We're expecting increase. Are you expecting increase this morning? If you don't know Jesus this morning, God has an action plan. He has a vision for you. He has dealt with all the negativity in your life and He's nailed it to the cross of Jesus so that you can open your heart and look outside yourself by faith and invite Him into your life and believe in Him and you can do that so simply this morning. The Bible says in Romans 10 and 9, if you shall confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. He wants you to receive Him. That's where God's blessing and favor is. All comes through that one man. And it comes through Him to you as you abide in Him by faith. Praise God. So be encouraged this morning. If you want prayer this morning, as the band is playing, you can come forward. We'll pray with you. We'll stand with you. We love to do that and encourage you. That's what we're about here in church, encouraging you to prosper in the things of God, to have faith. We stand together as a family and build one another up in love. So we want to do that. So as we sing, the band's going to lead us uh, this morning. I'll just want to pray too, just before we let the band loose, you know. These guys just go crazy, don't they? They're just insane. So let's just pray first. Father, we just want to thank you for the increase that is in your heart for every thought that you have towards us, to prosper us, to bless us. Father, thank you that you've kept nothing back. You sent your Son to be our Saviour, but you've blessed us in Him. And Father, we want to make those blessings our own by faith in Jesus. So this morning, Father, we're encouraged to expect increase in our lives. And we just want to thank you that God is for us. And when God is for us, who can be against us? Father, we praise you this morning. We glory in the Lord this morning. We thank you that you raised him from the dead because he had completed everything and he's given us the victory. You've given us the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Father, if he'd left one thing undone, he would still be in the grave today. But you were happy that it's all completed and you have raised him from the dead. And so we glory in the Lord. We set him before us, Father, and we glory in Jesus this morning for his name's sake. Amen.